Friday on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Anaheim falls again to Minnesota with some players short, and we go around the league with some news and notes on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going? It is Friday. Thank God it's Friday. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade, and this episode is brought to you by Locker Room or the Locker Room app. Download the app and join me next week to get in on the action. Once again, that's Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, so last Wednesday, or rather this past Wednesday, the Ducks had a game against the Minnesota Wild, but not before having a bunch of players out because of COVID protocols. I mentioned this on Wednesday as the news went down, but just to remind you of what the heck happened, four players went into COVID protocol, and I listed those four players, so I'm going to list them one more time. They are Danton Heinen, Jacob Larson, Ben Hutton, and Anthony Stolars. All four of those guys were out. So that means that you had Lucas Dostal on backup. Wait, did I read that correct? Yeah, I did. Luca Dostal was the backup goaltender for the Ducks. But guess who else came back? Max Comtois. He came back after being benched for half a game and then being healthy scratched another game. I, I still don't know what's going on there. But hey, Comtois back with Lundy and Raquel. And hey, at least you have Delorier still. Silverberg's the fourth line. That was kind of a shock. But then you, all, you also went back to a six-man defensive unit. So you had Fowler and Hockenpah. Okay. Walensky. Wow. Walensky instead of Cody Curran. All right. So Walensky and Shattenkirk. And then you had Jamie Drysdale with Josh Manson. You know what? I like that pairing. I like Drysdale with Manson. That makes a lot of sense to me. So that was the lineup. How did it go during the game? Well, it didn't get off to a good start for the Ducks because this was kind of ironic. I did have my locker room, I guess, watch, I guess, watch live, not party, but just to watch live with me of sorts. And a few of you came on. So thanks to those of you that came on Wednesday afternoon during the pregame and during the first period. Jared Spurgeon got things started 746 into the first period on a nice tip in. Uh, this was Ryan Suter from about the point, and that was tipped out in front by Jared Spurgeon. Uh, that one, Spurgeon tipped it from about the top, and it bounced down on the ice and had a high bounce up. So that w- that made it one nothing Minnesota. However, only 26 seconds later, the Elite 1C is back. Derek Grant scored only his second goal of the season, but it was a big one as that tied things up at one. And I like the way this play was set up because the Ducks came down across the blue line together and Derek Grant was kind of in near the slot and had a nice little wrister, again, tying the score at one goal apiece. And that was kind of a broken play for the Ducks and for the Wild because Minnesota had just scored. They were already kind of celebrating, but they looked kind of scattered defensively at that point. I don't know what happened there. However, later on in the first period, the Ducks committed a pretty terrible penalty. Yanni Hockenpah, who has been struggling a lot recently, he got nailed for interference out in front of the net against Matt Zuccarello. So that meant that Minnesota went on the power play. Minnesota's not that good at the power play. In fact, they were dead last in the league on power play percentage. Did did I say were? I did say were. Past tense. Minnesota scored on the power play 
or the second consecutive game. Jared Spurgeon on another tip-in. And guess who was on the blue line once again? Ryan Suter. He did it again. Spurgeon's third of the season, his second of the game. That made it 2-1 to Minnesota. I know Ryan Miller, he couldn't stop that one. That one was a little bit tough. But the big highlight, I mean, I love these highlights. The fights that went on in the first period. Because things really got rough. You had two former teammates, Joey Cremarosa and Max Jones. Who saw that fight coming? I certainly did it. They were former goals teammates. So this is kind of going back to the San Diego days from way back when. Remember, San Diego goals fans? Remember when the goals had Joseph Cremarosa and how much he fought during those goals games? Well, it's back. And he fought against another former San Diego goal, Max Jones. How about that? But then you had Getzloff and Susie fighting. Really? Those two are going to fight? Hey, believe it or not, that's what happens. Carson Susie went up against Ryan Getzloff, but this was after Susie laid out a massive hit. So Susie was fought after maybe 13 seconds after the first fight. Getzloff got 17 penalty minutes. He got a 10-minute misconduct. He got five for fighting and a two-minute instigator penalty. This would cost the Ducks because the Ducks were without Ryan Getzloff for pretty much an entire period. So Dallas Eakins really shuffled his lines. Guess who was left out of that? Trevor Zegras. Trevor Zegras was benched once again. Only four shifts, three minutes time on ice. That was it. This benching is getting ridiculous. So what do you think happened after that? Another goal, as I mentioned, by Spurgeon, his third of the season. 2-1 to Minnesota. Then, only 22 seconds into the second period, Max Comtois, coming right back in the lineup, scored his team-leading 10th goal of the season, making it a 2-2 tie on a deflection from Isaac Lundestrom. But later on in that second period, Nico Sturm scored what? Turned out to be the game-winning goal on assist from Nick Bukestad and Carson Soucy. Hey, how about that? Soucy came back on the ice before Getze did, and that was your game winner. 3-2 to two was your final score. Minnesota wins yet again. The Ducks fall yet again. And I'm just going to mention this right now. Minnesota's power play looked good against Anaheim. Anaheim's penalty kill is getting worse and worse and worse. I mentioned they were 23rd place. They're now bottom six as far as PK percentage. So they're in the bottom in in power play. They're near the bottom in penalty kill. What happened to the special teams? The PK used to be good. It used to be. What happened? I mean, Derek Grant wasn't out there during that goal. Grant was out there for the first part of that PK, but not the second part because that happened pretty late in the period. So there you go. Ducks fall once again. 3-2. 3-2. to two. Not much more I want to say about that game. Just move on and try to beat the Blues maybe once this weekend. Maybe. I mean, maybe I'll briefly talk about that for a minute, either on the next segment or the third segment. But first, let's talk about BetOnline.ag, which is the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And this weekend is March Madness yet again. And hey, guess what? The NCAAs are happening. NCAA hockey is happening as well. But there's also 
Major League Baseball. That's coming back next week. The NBA's in full swing. And of course, you have the National Hockey League. Check out all those lines on betonline.ag. On your first deposit, if you use the promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that's betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly. All right, we're going to come back with some news and notes around the league. It's been a while since we've done this, and we'll get to that on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and this episode once again is brought to you by the Locker Room app. Download it on the Apple App Store today and join me next week. All right, so I did want to mention one more thing about Wednesday's game. Ryan Miller, he was in net. On that third goal that was given up, that was a terrible goal. I didn't want to dwell too much on it before. So I'll dwell on it now for a hot minute. Ryan Miller had the puck in his glove and he lost it. He lost the puck right in front of him. And that's what resulted in that game winning goal for Minnesota. I mean, Ryan Miller looked pretty bad at that one moment. He looked despondent as soon as he gave it up. You could tell that he was bothered by it. And he just shook his head going, I should have had that. I should have held it in. What happened This was right before a TV timeout was going to occur. That TV timeout did not happen at that point because everyone kind of slowed down. He thought, okay, he's got it. TV timeout. Here we go. No, everybody slowed down. The Ducks slowed down. They didn't even bother. Miller kind of lollygagged there, and he didn't have complete control after losing it, and that's what resulted in the game-winning goal for Minnesota. So, yeah, that was pretty embarrassing. That's embarrassing enough being a Ducks fan, But try being a fan of Ryan Miller's former team, the Buffalo Sabres. Ah, you see how I segued there. The Buffalo Sabres are in the midst of what could be a historic losing streak. The Buffalo Sabres have lost 16 games in a row. Yeah, you heard that correct. 16 consecutive losses for the Buffalo Sabres. You thought the Ducks were tanking. <laughs> you thought that nine-game losing streak was bad. <laughs> Think again. Buffalo could double that. Here's how Buffalo's losing streak has gone. Starting February 25th. That's over a month ago. I'm going to go really quickly here. February 25th. Here we go. They lost 4-3 to the Devils in overtime. They lost 3 nothing to the Flyers. Twice in a row. Then they lost to Pittsburgh. Sorry, they lost to the New York Rangers, 3-2. Then they lost to the Islanders, 5-2, not once, but twice. No, three times. They lost three times in a row to the New York Islanders by the same score of 5-2. Then they lost in that unfortunate shootout to the Flyers, 5-4. Then they lost to Pittsburgh, 5-2, then 3-0. Then they lost 6-0 to the Capitals. And then you have a 3-2 loss to New Jersey, a 4-1 loss to the Boston Bruins, another 5-3 loss to the Rangers, another 5-2 loss to the Penguins, and then they lost again yesterday 4-0, and that's when the coaching staff went under COVID protocol. So on top of the team having their losing streak, you had, I think, the GM coming into coach, and I said, whoa, look what happened here. Buffalo lost their coaching staff to COVID. 
just like New York did. So if Buffalo loses their coaching staff, they're going to win the game, right? Yeah, I looked like a fool there. I predicted Buffalo would win, and I was way off. Buffalo's losing streak is now 16 games in a row. As I just mentioned, that was only two off from the all-time record. So, okay, what does that mean if it's two off from the record? What is the record? The record is 18 games. You heard that right. 18 games. Guess who holds that record? The Pittsburgh Penguins. The Pens in 03-04 had an 18-game losing streak in January from January 13, 2004 to February 25th, 2004 when they beat the Phoenix Coyotes in overtime. It wasn't even a loss or a win in regulation. They had to win it in overtime. Here's who's above the Sabres. So the Buffalo Sabres right now are at 16 consecutive losses. Tied for second, the 1992-93 San Jose Sharks and the 1975 Washington Capitals, who still have one of the worst all-time records in a season. And above them is the Pens at 18 losses. But hey, the Pens did a really good job of tanking that season. Do you remember what happened after that? The Penguins lost 18 in a row that season. They got the first overall pick. You know who they got with that first round pick that year? Sidney Crosby. Look how good that turned out. Crosby got him three Stanley Cups. I would say that turned out okay. Am I suggesting Buffalo should really, really lose every game? Well, it didn't work before with Jack Eichel. They got Jack Eichel. Their fortunes haven't exactly turned around much, have they? So here's who's coming up for the Sabres. They have the Boston Bruins and the Philadelphia Flyers once again. The Boston Bruins will probably beat the Buffalo Sabres. The Philadelphia Flyers, I don't know about the Flyers. I mean, the Flyers have played pretty terrible recently, especially against the New York Rangers. And it segues into this part of news and notes. Mika Zibanejad had a natural hat-trick for the second time in a row just a couple nights ago. This was really weird. Last week, the New York Rangers and Philadelphia Flyers played at Madison Square Garden, and the Rangers got off to a quick 2-0 start. Okay, that's fine. Then the Rangers scored seven goals in the second period. You heard that right. Seven goals in the second period. And included in that was Mika Zibanejad, who scored a natural hat-trick in the midst of all that craziness. He scored the natural hat-trick on the Rangers. I want to say fourth, fifth, and sixth goals that night. Once again, that was a 9 nothing route of the Flyers. Oh, but guess what? It didn't stop there because the Rangers got off to a fast 4 nothing start just a couple nights ago. Same thing happened again. So, oh, guess what? Two more after that. So, yeah, you are hearing this right. The Rangers scored 15 consecutive goals against the Philadelphia Flyers in a matter of about two and a half periods. Yeah. Let, let that sink in. That you get outscored 15 to nothing in about 60 minutes. Let that sink in. It's bizarre, right? Yeah, you thought it was bad being a Ducks fan. Try being a Sabres fan or a Flyers fan recently. Oh, guess what else happened in that game? Zibanejad got another another natural hat trick. 
Yeah, you heard that right. I kind of blooped there. But yeah, Zabinijad scored another natural hat trick. And that was an 8-3 route of the Flyers. The Flyers have looked like dog crap these past few games. And Zabinijad is part of it. How's this for a stat before we head into the break? Mika Zabinijad and Wayne Gretzky are the only two players in NHL history to have a natural hat-trick with three or more assists in a game twice. That's it. Only two guys, Zabinijad and Gretzky. That's it. That's the end of the list. They've done it twice. And against the same opponent, by the way. I think Zabinijad did it both times against the Flyers. I think that's the only such occurrence where it's happened twice in a season against the same team. So Zabinijad in a bit of history there. So congrats to him for getting two natural hatties against the Philadelphia Flyers. All right, we're going to head into the second intermission. But first, let's talk about everybody's favorite protein bar, Built Bar. And it is the Enticing 8. And this is it. Today's matchup is a big one. So definitely go to BuiltBar.com because the Enticing 8 is the matchup that I have been dreading because these are two of my favorite new flavors. Cookie Dough Chunk versus White Chocolate Birthday Cake. They are both delicious in their own ways. I personally like Cookie Dough a little bit more. A little bit more than the birthday cake. But once again, thanks to Built Bar for sending over those samples. I liked both of them. So go to BuiltBar.com. Check out the bracket, the Built Bar bracket for 2021. The enticing eight, once again, is Cookie Dough Chunk versus White Chocolate Birthday Cake. So vote on that. But go cookie dough and while you're there check out all the amazing items on the built bar website including their new flavor raspberry cheesecake not just raspberry cheesecake white chocolate raspberry cheesecake that is a delicious new flavor y'all should definitely try it if you go there right now use promo code locked 15 that's l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar. Once again, that's Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. All right, we're going to have a couple more news and notes, and we'll also talk a little bit about what's coming next week. Stay locked in. Back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And once again, this is brought to you by the Locker Room app. Join me next week on the Locker Room app. Just look for the Locked On Ducks room or follow me on the Locker Room app at Locked On Ducks. All right, so we have a bit of unfortunate news. And I do this quite often where I will record one or two segments the morning of just in case there's any pertinent news that happens. This one is pretty significant because of draft stuff. So this is some pretty bad news. Out of the Frozen Four, it is there's two teams that are now out of the tournament. First, it was Notre Dame that was out because of a couple COVID tests. And now Michigan. This just broke within the past few minutes where Michigan had a positive COVID case They withdraw from the tournament, so Minnesota Duluth advances. 
So we only have 14 teams in this tournament that's actually going to be playing. So first Notre Dame, but now Michigan. This is awful, awful news. And this is really bad if you're looking at draft picks because there are three gentlemen that are currently playing at Michigan that could be top picks in this year's NHL entry draft. Obviously, Owen Power. Then you have Matt Beignet. Then you have Kent Johnson, who's a fantastic center. So once again, you have Power, Matthew Beignets, or Beniers, and Kent Johnson. I've mostly focused on two guys, Power and Johnson. Um, it's a shame that they are not going to be able to represent Michigan in this tournament. But also worse because we don't get to see their gameplay on a national level. And again, this is huge because those three guys are expected to be, at the very least, top 10 picks. But I expect them all to go maybe top 7, to be perfectly honest with you. So this really sucks for the tournament. This sucks for Michigan. At least one team that is still in it is Minnesota. But it sucks for the Ducks fans because the Ducks had one prospect that was in the tournament representing Notre Dame. And that is Trevor Janik. Trevor Janik was a fifth round pick on the 2019 draft. And he will not be able to play in the NCAA tournament. But three Ducks prospects all playing for Minnesota are still in the tournament. Jackson Lacombe, Blake McLaughlin, and Jack Perbix. All 2019 picks, all with the Minnesota Golden Gophers. And they are all still in the tournament. So keep an eye out for those three Golden Gophers. And I may do a podcast about the Frozen Four because that's one of my favorite tournaments to watch is the Frozen Four. I love it. It's a treat every time. And unfortunately, it really sucks. But hey, it begins tomorrow. Minnesota plays Saturday against Omaha. That game is at 6 o'clock Pacific time Saturday night. And before we talk about what's coming next week, uh, the Ducks do play their next couple of games against the St. Louis Blues. We'll see how that goes. Guess who might get a start? Lucas Dostal. He may or may not start for the Anaheim Ducks this coming weekend. So definitely keep an eye out for that. All right. One last note before we go for the day. Um, you may have seen a lot of tweets from me yesterday about the Mighty Ducks, as in Mighty Ducks Game Changers, the new series that just came out on Disney+. And I did live tweet it right as it dropped at midnight. And I know there's a lot of you SoCal fans that adored those Mighty Ducks films or you're all Disney fanatics because, hey, you live right near Disneyland. So definitely check that out on Disney+. Plus. It is Mighty Ducks Game Changers. And really, who better to review the Mighty Ducks TV series, or I guess made-for-TV series, than the host of the Mighty Ducks podcast for the Locked On Podcast Network. So here's what's going to start next week. On Thursday, we will have our usual Locked On goals. Next Friday will be our mailbag. Next Monday, I'm going to start a weekly series at least one segment, or probably just one segment, reviewing the previous episode of Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Because would you rather talk about this new awesome TV series on Disney Plus or talk about the dumpster fire that is the Anaheim Ducks? Hmm? Which one would you rather talk about? If you said the Mighty Ducks Disney Plus series, you'd be absolutely right. 
So I'll be reviewing at least one episode for one segment per week starting this coming Monday. That'll be every Monday. We'll talk about Mighty Ducks Game Changers. That's what's coming up on Locked on Anaheim Ducks. Thank you all for coming on and listening. Thank you all for coming on the Locker Room app. It is all greatly appreciated. I thank you all. So, uh, before we head out, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Make sure to rate, download, please subscribe if you have not already, and be sure to follow me on the Locker Room app at Locked On Ducks. Follow me on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks for the show, or my personal Twitter, which is at StimpyJD. And one final note, I will not be live tweeting the games this weekend for a very specific reason. I'm doing public address again. I'll be doing some PA work again for the MASL or the Major Arena Soccer League because it is the playoffs. So I'll be doing some public address for the Tacoma Stars and the San Diego Soccers. There's your San Diego connection there. So I'll be doing public address for the San Diego Soccers. So definitely check that out if you like indoor soccer as well. All right. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying be safe out there, wear a mask. Please be kind to one another and have a good weekend. Ducks fly together. Ducks fly together.